0: Welcome into his frequency. Enter at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Axle Hall. Will we rise and don't fall. Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Today I have a special guest. Um, he is an a, employment attorney and partner at Dinsmore & Shaw um he is the outgoing president of the Society for Human Resource uh Management the Michigan chapter supporting over or 17 chapters in total you and you did not uh neglect any of them sir uh, he's a he's a friend of mine um and a, a part-time mentor James Reed welcome back
1: to Back to the Buzz man Well, i'm so humbled to be back. And uh, the first question that comes to mind with that Baxter E. Hall is, what's the E? Is it Earl? Edward? I wonder how many
0: guesses I could give you before you got it right. I I would say the the over and under of guesses would probably be 54.5 before you would figure it out. Wow.
1: So it's got to be a special family name
0: then. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ellsworth not
1: that's, that's a powerful name
0: yeah yeah i um the joke was always that i you know sounded very successful and sound like i had some you know they said you have a rich man's name i said well hopefully i can catch up and, and <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know make it true so uh, i'm on my way i'm on my way so have wow. ellsworth hall oh, yes yes so last time we talked we had a really cool conversation on um on the pod about, about just uh, being a father and a working dad, right. And, and, and sort of the balance that it takes Um, as we sort of turn the the calendar and we look at 2023 from a professional standpoint, I mean, your field and industry is forever changing, right. This employment law piece is like a moving target. I mean, when when I'm working with clients as on a broker side, trying to help them see through compliance and everything. It's, I mean, there, there's never anything that's just the same as last year. It's like, oh no, everything's changing all the time, right? And you being sort of in the thick of that, like from a, um employment law standpoint, like what's at the top of your list? What's going on in the industry that kind of is taking your uh, attention as we turn the calendar?
1: That's a great question. So you're absolutely right with everything you said and everything is constantly changing and isn't stopping anytime soon. Uh, What I'm seeing big picture is that this is the most pro-employee environment in the history of employment. Mm. And not only on the National Labor Relations Act side and, uh, you know, Biden administration side but also employees themselves feel more entitled than they've ever felt before. And so when you add those two together, uh, you have a lot of employers scratching their heads thinking, how can they have the healthiest relationships at work? And I just attended a presentation with uh, Johnny Taylor, who is the president of National Sherm. And he said that there's more conflict in the workplace than ever before as well. And what all of this is coming down to is companies are missing their culture. Mm -hmm. They are so focused on diversity and bringing in everybody without discrimination, but not really having a vision beyond that as to what is the culture of our company. Mm. And a great example, you said on culture is you're better off having one, even if people don't agree with it, than just kind of say we're everything. And so an example was one CEO said, we're a a no politics culture. We don't want to talk about politics at work. Come do your job. Don't bring in all the baggage and go home. A lot of employees quit because they didn't like not having uh, the ability to you know, share all of their thoughts and ideas at work. But soon thereafter, they received hundreds of new resumes and more applicants than ever before that wanted that culture where they could just do their job and go home to their family and their other uh, extracurricular events and not have to be uh, stressed with the different points of view and the attacks and the chaos and the bullying. So moral of the story is diversity is not enough. We need clear culture and vision at the CEO level. And two, we need to be sure that we are clear to our employees on what the rules of the game are. And right now, the National Labor Relations Board is focusing on artificial intelligence. Hmm. So I I used to be a big uh, forensic files junkie where, you know, people in the 70s didn't know if they kept saliva and fingerprints and hair samples that, you know, once DNA got more involved, you could catch all the murderers. Well, it's kind of that way with data now. People that are having GPS trackers on their uh, cars or having a watch that tracks their location or even their computers or cell phones that show where they are, how productive they are. I just got a reminder. I spent seven hours of screen time on my phone last week. The national labor relations board is saying that is um, illegal and making employees afraid to engage in protected activity because they're over monitored and we're invading their privacy. So we're going to have to revise our policies on, you can't just have a blanket policy. We have You have no privacy at our company. We can monitor, record everything, especially with remote work and outside travel. That needs to change. And uh, the big elephant in the room in Michigan is uh, in February, there's going to be a decision by the Court of Appeals as to whether or not we have to increase paid time off to 72 hours for sick leave for all employees and whether we have to significantly increase minimum wage and minimum tipped wage. And I know there are hundreds of restaurants that would immediately go out of business uh, if this happens, unless they come up with a new vision and culture and change all their pricing mechanisms and still keep the customers. And no need to panic. Whatever the decision is, I'm fairly confident that is going to be appealed to the Supreme Court. So likely it's going to be delayed uh, for some time to come. And then the third issue, which I also think is the most important issue, is mental health is here to stay. And we need to not just treat employees as widgets and leaders can't just pretend that they're perfect and don't have a bad day either and so i am focused on making sure companies have a vulnerable leadership bringing the whole human to work and allowing that whole human to be acknowledged accepted and valued for who they are and the different strengths they're bringing uh, to the organization uh, not just focus on the job description and pretend, you know, you don't care about their family and what they did over the weekend. That's,
0: I don't know if like, you can see the sweat point. You just made me incredibly anxious with all that. Thanks a lot. Um, But there's some interesting dynamics that are coming down the pike and some things that we already are aware of. The, 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 the thing, the, where you started with these, the employees and the amount of conflict. I mean, we, we kind of know a lot of it is because it is sort of an employee's market. I would imagine that that's, that's a big part of it. Um, And employees really feeling like they have the choice to sort of go where they,
1: where they want to go. Right. Um, And, and to that point, there's a lot, of that that is true but johnny taylor had an interesting statistic if you were to survey all college students a majority of them would say they refuse to have a roommate that has a different political view than them so a lot of uh companies are thinking the next generation is going to solve all the conflict because they support diversity and different ideas and different cultures and opinions. But based on that survey, uh, they want people just like them and really are not as open to different views as perceived. So the conflict is between employer and employee, but also from employee to employee.
0: That that opens up a can of worms. I don't know if we have time for today, but I, I think that the political climate has been so uh volatile and there's been these these extremes that really it hurts because there there's not there's not the opportunity for real dialogue and hopefully um the the new generation that's coming up because they do appreciate and value and cherish the diversity of backgrounds and that, you know, I'm just being optimistic. I suppose that, you know, the, the, there's always going to be some things on the outside that, that just one way or another people just aren't going to be very receptive or even open to other ideas, but hopefully there's enough folks sort of in the, in the center center ish where we can have good dialogue and, and figure out some of these problems. Um, the, the, the other, the other piece of that, the other side of that coin is, um, the the leadership um do you think that the focus has been on recruiting so much recruiting diverse talent has been another priority do you think uh and then the 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 virtual environment do you think that that's been the cause of like culture being kind of washed away or or uh these new em- or maybe because of all the new the influx of new employees joining these organizations, there isn't an opportunity to really establish or kind of teach these folks the culture?
1: That's absolutely a major issue. I'm even guilty of it despite my training and awareness of the issue. Uh, I've been so busy trying to hire two attorneys that are both starting uh, this week that I've basically uh, allowed my existing staff to sink or swim and rely on them to come see me if they have any issues. And I know Marcus Buckingham at Michigan Shurm, who presented, basically said you can't even be a leader or a manager unless you check in one-on-one with each employee that reports to you for at least 15 minutes a week and ask them three things. Mm. One, what did you love about last week? What did you loathe? And how can I help you this week? accomplish your goals. And I do have um, weekly meetings with my team, but I haven't been doing enough one-on-ones and I'm hoping to develop better habits where I can do that and have time to really get that relationship that is missing at a lot of companies. And I also think there are other factors such as remote work or out of sight, out of mind or people in different offices or the rock stars, the top 20% aren't getting as much attention as the bottom 20%. And we need to do a better job, not neglecting our rock stars, because from my experience, they're picking up more slack than ever before for those other employees that are, you know, quiet quitting and, you know, not as engaged in the company. Um, I just read an
0: article on, um, Harvard Business Review around the, uh, the psychology around these meetings. And it, it's just, it feels like such a natural um, sort of piece to, to, to kind of talk about. It talked about um meeting overload. And one of the aspects was that's the only time you're able to be seen right now in this virtual environment, right? So even though you may not want to to be in this meeting, if if I report to James as James is is my leader, and I have had any FaceTime, I darn sure don't want to miss out. Even if this meeting is optional, knowing that he's going to be on, I need to kind of show my face, right? Because I may not have an opportunity to cross paths with him in the lunch room or you know, walking uh, to the water cooler or whatever, right? So um it's like all of these w- these smaller waves that you don't think about that are kind of all kind of hitting us at once, right?
1: You're spot on again and that's where we need more people like you with your vision that see it's a it's a two-way street. those employees, should step up and ask for more mentorship and make sure their camera is on during all the meetings. And if they see those meetings as a waste of time, they probably aren't respecting their leader and the relationship isn't strong there.
0: And and maybe if we had time with the leader, aside from that, maybe we wouldn't feel obligated to join a meeting that would, maybe would, would not be the best use of our time either.
1: Yeah. Another interesting statistic from SHRM is that 26% of employees have a workplace spouse that essentially means someone that excites them to see at work and makes them want to come to work and want to engage and have a great day. And I think that, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be romantic. I think we want to have that uh, relationship with a coworker or senior subordinate role where people are excited to see each other and aren't dreading the next interaction
0: I know you have some insights and I don't want to put you on the spot I know you have insights but I just you know I feel free put me on the spot let's do it when I when I think about sort of what's the answer for that um that's a book I was reading at the you know it's still early in the year, but like the very top of the year, I started a book about uh, the power of full engagement. And, w- and one of the case studies that they sort of examined was about a leader who had a, a very engaged leader that he reported to, right? And and that the feedback that and the, the positive reinforcement that he received from his leader kind of really carried down to sort of how he interacted with, with his team that he led. And um, changes in structure, teams getting too big, his leader getting busier, it kind of it really impacted him negatively because he didn't get that interaction and therefore wasn't as engaged. And his, his team suffered. So not only did he sort of suffer as a subordinate, his team and, and his subordinate sort of suffer in that same way. But as there's more turnover... Um, folks are being pulled in all these different directions. How do you stay? We talk about our twenty percent, our top twenty, our rock stars, and we kind of go, okay, they they they're okay, you know, and then we kind of go to to everyone else. How do we identify those next rock stars that may be sort of just entering the, this organization and their tenure isn't very strong? How do how do we spend enough time with them as leaders to cultivate that to make sure that that we have a bench of strong rock stars sort of that are upcoming, not to necessarily replace um, the the other ones. But there's inevitable turnover that will happen. But just to kind of add to, to what we have and have our organization that much um, more strong.
1: Yeah, you set me up perfectly for uh, the next trending hot issue, which is quiet hiring. Uh, my assistant Danny actually sent me an article last week on it. And what quiet hiring Google, I guess, is famous for coming up with this. And essentially you learn which employees are motivated and capable, even if they don't have the degree or have less experience through various artificial intelligence and through various polls, like Do we have any volunteers to be part of this continuing improvement committee? Do we have anybody that is interested in these other opportunities? And would you like to also attend this mentoring event? And people that show up that appear eager, appear capable, this quiet hiring is kind of taking over. And there's a lot of employees that are being promoted uh, faster than ever and into positions over other people that are more experienced and more senior because of capabilities. And I think that by kind of creating that healthy competition and that opportunity where you don't feel like you're uh, stuck reporting to your boss until they retire, I think that makes you more incentivized to be valued for everything that you're able to bring to the table. I think that's one large piece The downside that they're saying to this is also be careful because just because somebody is super motivated and super capable, if you promote them too fast or you uh, give them an opportunity where maybe they're happy where they are, they just want a stronger relationship, they could also burn out and uh, start feeling like a failure when things get too challenging.
0: Wow. Um there's always, you know, th- it's this this whole pie sort of thought um sort of thought process, the performance image and exposure, right? And we all know that the exposure piece um may be seen more is like more you're more top of mind than maybe even your performance. Um you talk about folks having to get outside of their comfort zone to sort of show up and volunteer for these different opportunities. And um, I always say, you know, hard work doesn't speak for itself. It's too busy working. You know what I mean? We need to be um, advocates of our, for ourselves. Um, and we also need to have not just mentorship, but sponsorship when it comes to, you um, when i'm not in the room and james still mentions baxter's name because um he feels like baxter deserves to be you know the work that he's doing deserves to be sort of acknowledged and if there, there if there are opportunities there should be some things that we could that that maybe baxter will be a good good fit for these things but um that that's that's interesting because i think that some folks feel very comfortable in the space that they're in. Um, But ultimately, whether it's right or wrong, you got to raise your hand and let people know kind of what the work that you're doing uh,
1: or else you, you run the risk of being overlooked, right? You do. And that reminds me of a simple phrase of relationships before tasks and responsibilities. And if those employees, even if they're introverts and shy, they develop the relationship uh, with other people, they're going to be more noticed. Uh, I'm, you're going to start paying more attention to, to what they're doing, and you're going to want to spread their love and their name to other people that you see.
0: All right, I'm going to put you in the spot one more time before we wrap. Let's say... I'm, uh, you know, this young up and comer, and I'm trying, and I'm trying to figure out the lay of the land. Um, I may be two report levels away from you. You may be the big boss, right? Sure. How how does a a a person? And they don't have to be fresh fresh out of college or anything like that, but just still sort of establishing themselves as a professional in this, in, in a, a particular industry or what have you, how do I build a relationship with these leaders when I don't want to seem to be like stepping up, like, like stepping on toes, going over, over people's head or, and we're in this virtual environment where, where we're only in the office twice, twice a week uh, together. How, how, do, how do I get in front of those people to build those bridges and create that rapport and cultivate that?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. I really, truly believe most leaders uh, care about the company and developing their employees. And if anybody came to me and asked me to mentor them or give them some tips or advice on how to help them be better, Uh, Even if they already have a direct report that's their mentor or boss, I would always find time to provide that mentorship. And I'm even more likely to share the secret sauce with somebody two steps away because they're not really a threat uh, to that boss at all. But frankly, I've evolved, or at least I'm trying to evolve, where once I have a rock star employee, I'm not trying to keep them reporting to me forever. I uh, Knowing that another SHRM study says the average employee only lasts four and a half years until they find another job. If I can get four years out of them, plus I'm above average, I'm trying to grow them to be my boss someday or be... Uh, unequal to my level someday. So if you can have that type of mentor and that type of leader, I think those employees would be even happier. Relationships over? uh, Tasks and responsibilities. Because if you start out by giving somebody all these tasks and all these responsibilities and they don't like you, they're starting to get a little bit more um, animosity towards you because you don't have that relationship and they might be afraid to ask questions or raise concerns and issues because you don't have that relationship. And so you really want to develop that relationship first before you ask for any favors or uh, risk any communication issues. So
0: I I love your thought process and I I love your um, optimism I I think that there's a number of leaders that need to adopt kind of your mindset around that, James. I think that we all get bogged down and a little distracted of kind of like what's what's in front of us, but the ability to zoom out, identify the next sort of rock stars that are upcoming, and then also finding time for them, I think will go a long way to creating that culture that we kind of started this
1: conversation with. Absolutely. But I do have one tip where I think it's the Achilles heel or the fate of flaw that a lot of employees are doing wrong before they get to the leadership level. Uh, We have a tendency to try to relate to our coworkers and find commonalities. And sometimes that commonality could be gossiping about leadership or, uh, not following a vision of a leader and badmouthing somebody. And if you are wearing that hat in the workplace, everyone's going to know, and you're not quite ready to be a leader. Uh, a true leader would, uh, if they want to change things, they would find a way to talk to the leaders first and find a way to earn their seat at the table by wearing the leadership hat and correcting other coworkers and employees that are bad-mouthing the company and leadership to say challenge them to talk to the leader first and understand their vision. And if they have a solution, bring the solution and not just identify problems. Because if you want to be a leader someday, you need to start acting like a leader now.
0: That's right. That's right. And same thing we tell our kids, right? I mean, don't just follow these knucklehead kids around um, just so you can be accepted. Sometimes standing apart, because of your moral code, um, not sometimes, every time you step aside and are willing to sort of be sort of out on an island, it, it, it may seem because of your your standards and the way you, you know, the respect that you have for yourself and the right folks will always find you on that island. And
1: you won't be there by yourself, you know, too long. You're right. They'll respect you more and you're creating a better culture. It's kind of like the sports mentality where if the other employees are saying, I want to win too, I'm not just going to wait for the coach to tell you how to do something better. If you're not picking up the slack, you need, hey, do this next time. Hey, I expect you to do this too. Let's step it up. Hold each other accountable and act like a leader, not just uh, someone that's trying to be against the boss. Um, Before we
0: end, I just want to shout out Michigan Shire Uh, We didn't really get, you know, you referenced a few things, but shout out to Michigan Sherm. Um, I just want to congratulate you on your term as president. Um, Fantastic job. Um, Super excited to see what the next leadership group, Kristen and and everyone sort of does. But um, yeah, we, we, you know, great momentum here in Michigan. And a lot of it is because of the, the, um, the group that you, Um, led for the past couple of years. So kudos
1: to you. I I greatly appreciate it. I'm also humbled by that and so excited that we've established the right leaders uh, in the right place to continue uh, the mission. And we have the largest resource partner group in the whole country in Michigan. So I love how we are are all seeing the value of bringing uh, various resources together and no, we can't do this by ourselves with uh, everything going on in this context. That's right. That's right. He
0: is an employment attorney and partner at Densmore and Shaw. Um, James Reed, thank you for joining Baxter's Buzz again. The um, title of this conversation will be Relationships Over Tasks
1: and Responsibilities. I think you nailed it. I love it. Well, hopefully I'll, I'll make it back for a third time someday and we can... Uh, go even deeper into who we are and our values. I think we could probably manage that. Um, on behalf of James, I just want
0: to say to everyone watching and listening, um, you are more than capable. You just have to embrace your own frequency, okay? Um, until next time, peace. Peace. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Into at your own risk. Come be at it- be the Paul, where well, we rise and don't fall.